Hey, Tommy. Oh, huh? oh, hey, man. <sighs> What's going on, bud? You, you don't seem like I, yourself. Well, should be a joyous day today. Should, but it, it's a little tough. I mean, I, you guys know what today is, right, Scotty Becker? We never do, but you you seem really <laughs> sad, and so I want to. <laughs> it's um. Well, you guys know about my first band, right? The Beatles, too. Oh, legendary, yes. Yeah. yeah and if, if there's... If, if Today is kind of like a, a pretty historic day in, in Beatles 2 lore. Um, you know, if there was one thing the Beatles 2 loved, if there were two things, actually, the Beatles 2 loved... <laughs> <laughs> is one it the was Beatles? First, it, it, it was, first of all, the Beatles. And second of all... It was the great filmography of uh, uh, of Jimmy Stewart, the actor. What? You guys remember? Him? In, and, in and this is in third grade. And yeah, <laughs> second actually. But um, so on this day every year, all the Beatles two scruffs knew this. On this day every year, you know, it, it was kind of like Lennon McCartney. My my friend Colin and I, we, we we would get together on this day, and we would watch um, "It's a Wonderful Life" together. You know, a- after Beatles two practice and and just kind of celebrate the man and his work, Jimmy Stewart. It was it was a great day, and, and you know when this day comes around, I know it's weird that it's spring and, and yeah. we would watch It's a Wonderful Life, no but we, it, it was kind of our tradition. And it's when it comes around, it, it just kind of hits me in my heart, and I just wish Colin were here today oh, to, to celebrate it with me. Hello, Tommy. It's almost it, guys. It's almost like I can hear. His voice, dude. Yeah, dude. With, I'm right here. With us. Wait, is, I'm right here. Co- co- Colin? Yeah. Oh, oh, Colin. Oh, oh, Colin's here, <laughs> guys. Colin. Oh, jeez. Oh, you know what they say, Colin? Do you know what they say, right? Every time an anvil dings, Mel Evans gets his wings. Oh, Colin. Oh. <laughs> evening blotto scruffs um i don't want to harp on it too much but thanks for tuning in and thanks for spending your time with us welcome to blotto beetle celebrated the world over as the leading schnookered savants of beetles broadcasting i am becker and this is episode 25 as a reminder we are the podcast where a couple of friends have a couple of drinks and come together to discuss and rank a single beetle song before I carry on too much, uh, you know, I'm not alone in this endeavor. I've got a fantastic friend in my co-host, and please welcome everyone's second favorite host of Blotto Beatles, a uh, good friend of mine, Tommy. How are you, my man? Wait, 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 wait. I mean, I, I, I get the fan mail. I know what's up. You know, I'm not, I'm not keeping score. Why is the fan but, mail only to I'm keeping score. <laughs> why, why are you putting your address as the fan mail address? I don't trust the count. I want to recount. <laughs> And why does it always come from my address? I'm, I'm worried about a, a hanging Chad. Is that still a thing? Whoa. Um, how are you? How's everything? I, 
Yeah, I'm good, good, man. I'm I'm feeling good about um, right now. Warm weather. I, I feel yeah. like it's giving me a little life to be outside. I um, I I popped We've the gotta... I, I popped the windows off the Jeep today, and I, I was driving around a little outside. That felt good. I do have a very very brief story to to impart to you. Um, and you know me, it's, uh, I'm all about brevity. Um, so my wife, my lovely wife, my wife. Your wife uh, was telling me today that um, she was driving around in the car and what she she drives our youngest to preschool every day who is she's four years old. And um, when she drops her off, she has about a 10 minute ride to her own work from there. And that's where she gets a moment to listen to Blotto Beatles, 10 minutes to herself. And what she does is she listens to Blotto Beatles. She loves us that much. <laughs> And uh, by mistake today, she got in the car with the four-year-old, the radio came on, and uh, the, the Blotto Beatles episode came right on the radio, and the four-year-old said to my wife, hey, is that Becker? And I thought that was awesome because my four-year-old hasn't seen you in a year because of the <laughs> yeah, pandemic. Yeah. <laughs> and it was like, oh, is that Becker? So, you know... <laughs> You know, I don't know if this is how right? I want to be remembered by your, uh, by your daughter. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't remember uh, these episodes, so at least someone does. <laughs> That's awesome. And I can't, uh, I feel like I'm getting closer and closer to, to hanging out with your fam all together. So yeah, um, some people on this call have got some shots and that, that seems great. So I'm, I'm excited. No, we got shots. Um, we got a guest tonight. You, you pumped about that? Yes, absolutely. Scott, can you cut that pause down just yeah, a bit? I mean, that was like <laughs> 30 <laughs> seconds or something. It was really sort of awkward. So I am, I, I'm really This was when we were talking podcasts at the beginning, and we've, we've always kind of talked about bringing some of our friends on. This guy was uh, a number one at the top of my list. I see him tearing up right now. He, I think he just grabbed a Kleenex. He was so touched by that emotion. Yeah. Um, my other question on this before we dive in is, have you ever run away? Is it crazy? Have you ever... <laughs> Damn. Yes. All right, boys. Jeez. Oh, fire, portable fireballs. <laughs> Cheers, bros. Cheers, fellas. Aye, aye, aye. Aye, aye, aye. So wow. the word is run. Okay. Oh, all run, right. Run, run, run. Run oh. in any right. way. It could be run away. It gotcha. could be run. It could be running. It could be runner. Okay. Runs. Uh, well, yeah. The runs. Good. May I, um, am I still in the safe space to, to rephrase the question to Tommy? I'm not even rephrasing it. Tommy, I mean, as a kid, did you ever run away? <clears throat> yeah, actually, <laughs> I did. <laughs> I, I did. I have a, a clear memory of like, full on packing up a suitcase that was full of like a Jack in the box and He-Man toys and probably no, <laughs> no like actual tools of survival and being like, I'm out of here. My mom and dad being like, cool. See ya. Yeah. <laughs> Not even playing into it at all. How about you? Um, I did. I ran away probably a couple of times. I think I really liked writing runaway like letters, like leaving them for my parents and being out. Oh, are we in the safe spot? I, I guess we are. Yeah, I we're mean, still in the this safe. This is like your bit. <laughs> <laughs> so I enjoyed like writing that letter that I thought would like really nail my parents and, and like get them. And then I would just like 
once I slept in the shed and I woke up and there were just like mice on me, like running around. And I was like, this, this isn't what it's got out to be, you know? So until you bought that um, cabin that, you know, <laughs> Massachusetts. And now I'm mice are that privilege. Right <laughs> Turns out he preferred it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's a strange thing about youth. It's really, it, it just hammers, it, uh, indelible, uh, things into our brains and our genes, I think. <laughs> safe zone ended. Um, safe zone's over. All right. Safe zone is ended. Safe in, zone's uh, over. Yeah. <laughs> that was extended. Let's, uh, you know, we're not alone here, clearly, because these guys can't keep it down. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> and as you know, as it's been the recent norm, generally, we are all safely dialed into that Abbey Road in the sky. Um, yeah. And we're here with a man who would without a doubt, skip work and drop everything he's got going on to produce an episode of your boys on <laughs> a moment's notice. Uh, he's the Sir George Martin of New England. New England. It's executive producer, Scotty C. Thank you, thank wow. you. Hey. Wow. You know. Oh, back hey, from his vacation. You know, like we, I don't know if you remember, we did that all together episode now. We couldn't find him anywhere. And now he's back <laughs> and yeah. we're ready to go. Always in the South of France, this guy. Well, it's beautiful this time of year. How are you, bud? <laughs> I'm great. Um, I'm pumped we hit that word fast. Um, I expect us to hit it again. <laughs> I'm, I'm, and, I'm worried. I'm worried. Yeah. And um, I, I would show up for any episode. And if you, if, if you needed me and, uh, and I was in the south of France, you know, and you went and got someone else, that would be fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> would you cancel a session with another pod to produce our pod? All depends if it's, you know, I mean, <laughs> that's not what I want to hear. I mean, you want to, Tommy, get Mike Leander on the phone. You right want to, you want to, <laughs> maybe I got, I, uh, what about you? Did you ever, um, you ever run away, jog Ooh. away from your family as a young boy? Like, oh, oh, mother, that's on me. That's on me. Tommy said it. You guys, should we just, I, should we just stop and start this whole thing over? Slauncha. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on. Wait, still waiting for my introduction. Oh. Yeah, <laughs> we'll, we'll get there. We'll get there, Clarence. <laughs> uh, Scotty C, did you ever um, depart from home as a young boy and, and say I'm, I'm I'm never coming back? You know, I think I I don't think I did. I think I probably you have no wanted to forever and pro- probably did like a mild case of the like walk down the road for a little bit type thing (laughs) yeah tommy who is that band that sings cherry bomb do you know who that is the runaways oh fuck off (laughs) (laughs) oh man can't resist a little trivia I didn't know you were going to bite on it. Well, I love the L.A. <sighs> punk scene, man. That's like my thing. <laughs> All right. That's a, this is a dangerous introduction. Uh, so, yeah, we, we gotta, uh, without much further ado, um, Tommy, who's on the yeah. line with us? All right. The, I, I'm, I'm really, really excited. As I said, uh, we have someone who w- was at the top of the list. I'm 
going to be honest. Like I, I'm here with. Glad we could uh, get him in by episode 25. Then. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, well, that's because you ran the schedule, and I finally took control. So I, you know, I, I'm here. I, I'm with my three best friends in the world today, and 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 the the first among those was my friend Colin. I think. Uh, Call we there are pictures of us together at six months old. Like our parents would not let us not be best friends, right? I I think was how this went down, and um, yeah, I don't think ever in history that parents being friends led to such a good friendship among the kids. Like they kind of always try to force it, play dates or something, and kids just drift apart. But we actually. Right were totally best friends forever. So it worked. Yeah, it worked out. And th- there were such great common interests. Um, you know, we, we like loved music together. We grew up with music. You had older siblings who like, w- I didn't, I was the oldest child in, in my house. And so doing things like sleeping over your house and you shared a room with your brother. And I like indelibly remember your brother putting on, uh, nothing but a G thing, like the the single, and being mm-hmm. like, "You you boys check this out, like this this is it right now." And like it kind of blowing my mind in that moment of being like, "This is something different and new and like dangerous." And you know, like I, and me not having that experience, and um, we read a ton of comic books together, and we swam in swimming lessons and pools, and um, and you were athletic, and I watched that, and that was fantastic. <laughs> and, <laughs> was um but but also and i've brought this up several times on the pod um in second grade you came to me and you said i heard i heard something and it kind of blew my mind and i want you to be a part of this i heard a thing called the beatles and i you know let's do this together and we we brought along our friend bennett and we had our friend noah and it was at least two recesses for full of conversation about how we we were going to be the the yeah, shout, shout out, out to, to the George guys. and Ringo of our of the Beatles right. too. <laughs> yeah, uh, we we were gonna be Beatles too, and uh, never picked up an instrument at that Mm-mm. point. Ne- you know, ne- and um, I did end up playing years. music, and and, uh, and you became a musician as well. But um, I really look at that moment as being a turning point. In me enjoying music, and. That's huge. It's, it's yeah. amazing. So, right. dude, welcome. And the, Beatles uh, it, it, in the, the Beatles in there is, is huge. I mean, that's... Right. You know. like, it shouldn't have taken 25 episodes to get you here, but I'm so, so glad you're here. And um, welcome, welcome, welcome. Thank you. Thank you. How it's are you a, doing, man? It's an honor, a, pl- a privilege. I'm doing great. I'm a little buzzed already. Yeah. Did <laughs> we... See how, how this happened? goes? Did we, we even... Grab the all trash right, can right, and Rook. chase things. All right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, I- Colin, real quick. What was, uh, what was Joan Jett's first band? <laughs> I'm not a Joan Jett fan. Um, <laughs> Don't you love baklava? I do love baklava. Good. That's a, that's important. Oh, all right. Yeah, I was like, wait, how does that relate to that word? Hmm. No, these are these are all true things about me. And uh, it's funny, Tommy. You uh, told that story on the inaugural episode of the Blotto yep. Beatles about Beatles Two. Which I distinctly remember too, but I didn't realize that I had introduced you to them or to music at the time. Literally everything I was into then came from my older brother, as you said. Yeah. And, you know, the day before he had shown me the Beatles and I was like, oh, these guys are like the monkeys. 
And he was like, no, idiot. The monkeys ripped them off. And I was like, oh, oh, shit. So, like, now I knew something. So I had to teach my friends. Yeah. So the next day right. on the playground, next day on the playground, I, I remember running right over to you and being like, dude, you have got to hear this. You know, no MP3 players at the time. So I was just telling you, when you get yeah. home, ask your mom oh, to and I find out. I definitely went home and was like, mom, I love the Beatles. And she was like, where did you hear the Beatles? I was like, I haven't. but i love them but i'm in a band called beatles too now yeah exactly um yeah i think that was because i had also just seen um back to the future too and i was like well that was awesome so sequels are obviously the shit yeah yeah (laughs) i can't believe no one's thought of this why didn't they ever have a beatles too they've been gone this is the the elevator pitch guys it is the beatles meets back to the future too it's called beatles (laughs) (laughs) too i'm actually i'm actually pretty sold in that way yeah is there is there a hoverboard yeah and and then shortly found out soon thereafter that the back to the future 2 was the only good sequel ever in the history of movies. Um, all right. Well, I, I, listen, I'm not going to spend all night like stopping this conversation to not talk about the Beatles. But have you never seen Terminator 2? Oh, you're absolutely <laughs> okay, right. It's okay. just it's have you point. never seen Fair Lethal point. Weapon 2? <laughs> <laughs> have you never seen The Godfather 2? Ah, all right. Three great examples. But do you have a fourth? Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm only talking about number two, not number four. <laughs> That's it. All right. And well, if anyone besides was ever questioning the the age of us, uh, I think that Tommy clearly dated <laughs> right. us, and yeah. sort yeah. of where our uh, our uh, well, movie culture and does, starts and ends. Do movies get better than those? I I don't know. <laughs> I don't think so. No matter what time, kids watch all those movies that Tommy just mentioned. We watch <laughs> the first ones first, and then the sequels. Well, kids, and first of all, why are you listening? You should go to bed <laughs> and do your homework. <laughs> yeah, this is a drinking. Nah, Take your vitamins. Yeah. Fuck homework. Watch Lethal Weapon 2. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hey, whatever Leo wants, Leo gets. That's what I know. Just like <laughs> us. Um, so you guys knew who Beatles 2 are, but did you ever know who the Beatles were? Well, this, hey, Becker, I was just about to bring this up, man. Like, calling those sequels. I don't... I, yeah, do you think clearly. He, do you think he knows who the Beatles are? I'm not convinced yet. All right. Can you... You want... All right. Yeah. I'll, I'll just right, come, go, I'll right? come in like... Becker. Do me a favor. Hey. I, it, we 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 all know. Obviously, just get, for the audience who's here for our uh, Lethal Weapon Two hot takes, tell everyone who the Beatles are. Yeah, so I, you know, I did as I do every week. I just keep delving further and further into to Beatles lore. I'm getting your wealth of knowledge. It. First of all, yeah. you so you know, Tommy Encyclopedia. Bactanica over here is what I would say. Oh, not not to date ourselves further, but uh, a paper volume of uh, books that you used to keep on your shelf to uh, refer to uh, random facts. But um, you know, I think Tommy that they speak uh, they speak Queen's English. Does that sound about right? I I think you mean the Queen's English. No, no, like Queen's English, like out you know to the five boroughs. You know, it's so. Meeting in their teens, they started out as a young trio, you know, fighting for their right to party. Trio. The the Beatley Boys, Mike D, no. Ad Rock, no. MCA. You know, eventually be, they became the Beatley Men. No. no. And then eventually just just the Beatles. You know, they were like, this seems silly, you know. So and that really resulted in like over twenty million records sold and uh. making them one of the top selling rap acts of of, of all time. All right. The Beatles. 
You and I don't are know, really I mean, sabotaging um, this oh, very good <laughs> situation. Colin, right I, you know, you're coming in to talk about, I don't know if you prefer um, License to Bungalow Ill or Paul McCartney's Boutique, <laughs> you know, but those are kind of the big ones. No. You know, and some of the songs that I know, Tommy, you know these ones? Uh, uh, Let It Beastie <laughs> and uh, okay. Hey Lady Madonna. Uh <laughs> Fix intergalactic a hole. <laughs> That's a uh, Everybody's wow. got something to hide except for me and my brass monkey. <laughs> That's a good one. I'm That's better great. with that. That's, That's good. Uh, yeah. No sleep till Jeff Lynn. And, uh, <laughs> Mother Nature shot. <laughs> nice. And, and uh, yeah. uh, girls. To do the dishes, which is not not really aged all that well. That one's a, that one's a little little probably inappropriate. That's problematic. That one's problematic. Listen, you, uh, Becker, I, I love it, yeah. your oomph. I love your pizzazz. I love your passion. Come you and get are... it together. <laughs> wow, Colin, Colin, who is he talking about? Who is he mixed up with with our, our Fab Four? Here? No, yeah, he's got it. That's the Beastles. Um, they had they had the hit song "Sabotee Sabotage." Life goes on. <laughs> no, you guys are talking about the Beastie Boys. Oh, uh, oh my gosh! Right, right, right. Those are oh my, my two favorites. So I do get them confused a lot. You do, Colin. You like the Beastie Boys? Yeah, I don't. I guess you know. Even though we're best friends, we never really discussed how no, um, how much I love the Beasties. Yeah, um, I decided at age twelve that they were the coolest guys ever, and now I'm forty one, and it ha- it hasn't changed. Hasn't changed. Nope. Um, R.I.P. M.C.A. But yeah. uh, they're still the coolest. Um, and also. Um, uh, you know, a lot of musical ties to the, I mean, they basically, they just sampled the shit out of them on Paul's boutique, but they were big Beatles fans. And there's to me a lot of influence in the beasties, just the variety that they put out the stylist, you know, the styles that they, they tried to encompass into their catalog. Um, I feel like as a very Beatles thing, like let's do something, let's do something different, fun for us. Not. Yeah what the record company says is what sells, but what makes us feel, um, you know, accomplished as artists or fulfilled as artists. I'm not going to And they were, they were big Beatles fans. And I thought that was like, I was actually, you know, I always look for a connection to these bands, the Beatles. And I was like, Oh, there's gotta be a picture, picture of a beastie boy with Paul McCartney or something like that. But it, it doesn't, it doesn't exist. Like I am sure that they must've crossed paths at some point in life with a, with a living beetle, but I couldn't find it there. But I do know, and I I think I'd heard this. I don't know where I I knew this before I started doing the research. But the Beatles had intended to put out a cover on "License to Ill" of um, "I'm Down," and then it oh, was really? um, it was pulled at the last minute because right around like the year before or a couple of months before, Michael Jackson had purchased the rights to the Beatles catalog, and they couldn't. Bitch. They couldn't license "I'm Down," but um, you want a little taste of that? They didn't have that license. To ill? To ill? <laughs> Wait, you have it? My girl locks Frank's not fucking bees. I'm gonna wax that girl right out them Inside my pants, find a deaf girl and do 
And I actually, wow. I actually thought was that was that was pretty cool. You know, like I do I, not know fantastic. a ton about the Beastie Boys, but the fact that they sort of bridge uh, knowing about punk and knowing about Beatles and sort of like clearly alternative. And by the time we were into like uh, Nirvana and Sonic Youth and sort of all that Lollapalooza stuff, and like the Beasties always being present, like uh, I give uh, give a ton of respect to the Beastie Boys. But well, yeah. and one of these groups that like bridged all worlds right like in the way that i mean we talk a lot about punk and and the things that that drew us into it and like that's early punk right is that the the minutemen and black flag are playing shows together and those are wildly different bands and and like that whole thing i think is awesome about the beastie boys that they're carrying that forward and being like we're kind of hip-hop we're kind of punk we're kind of pulling from this old soul or rock thing and and mixing it all together in some blender to for our own like fragmented weird vision right i think that's amazing exactly exactly what i loved about them the yeah i'm all about variety it is the spice of life they say um (laughs) i heard that spices uh, were the spice i didn't know you're bringing a guest with this much wisdom yeah (laughs) (laughs) no and i'm not going to spend the whole night talking about like my my youth with colin and i i think this will probably be the last thing but I remember we we used to make like weird videos back in the day of like, w- for instance, we did a full uh, scene for scene recreation of the Wesley Snipes vehicle passenger 57. That's right. <laughs> uh, and then we also recreated Beastie Boys videos. In... Another another sequel that was Passenger 58. We had not <laughs> yeah, one. Yeah, we called it Passenger 58. Yeah, <laughs> not one original it. idea, just no, piggybacks. No original yeah. ideas. But like, we like the, that's the, cool. The, yeah, the Beastie Boys were definitely um, part of our youth and, and, and that relationship and, and like finding music together and being like, what is this about? And like, along with the Beatles, I, I kind of put those things hand in hand. So, um, you yeah. know, I think, Colin, if we were, you know, maybe you and I should do a Beasties podcast together at some point. You would clearly be the sage on the stage there. And sure. maybe we call it like Paul's Boutiquila and we're just like doing marks and like having a nice night together. I'd say you franchise the Blotto thing out. Blotto Beasties, Blotto Beach Boys, oh. Blotto yeah. uh, it, Beck. All of open. my favorite bands start with B, by the way. So it works out really well. Oh, it, it's we're, like we're waiting to sell like the, franchises. Yeah. Know. It's the Blotto verse, is what you're saying. Like, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I like that. Yeah. I like that a lot. I was living in the Blatterverse even before this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so, Carl, I, I do want to bring it back to the Beatles for a second. And I'm just sure. interested, like we, we talked about you and I kind of catching up on the playground and you introducing the Beatles to me. But what was that first experience for the Beatles just for you personally outside of talking to me about them? Right. Well, it- like I said, it happened probably about 24 hours before I informed you. <laughs> um, like, couldn't wait for Monday. I was like, oh, as soon as I get to the playground, I got to find Tommy and tell him what's up about these dudes, with the weird haircuts I just found out about. But I was, you know, seven, six, seven, however old we were. And my brother was, you know, shout out, big up to Big Shawnee D of the Royal Wee. Um, he was always my musical influence. Um, that night that you slept over that you referenced was like every day for me. My brother would come home and be like, listen to this. And I, you know, have my mind blown. Everything, everything. 
um, including the Beastie Boys, he showed mm-hmm. me. But when he played the Beatles for me... Did he ever play Hey Lady Madonna for you? <laughs> hey, that was, that no. Was, um, that was my last one, sorry. <laughs> Rocky Raccoon Down was the first one. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, it, I don't remember exactly what song it was. I was obviously in our bedroom, and he played something, and I was like, whoa, this is incredible. And I, you know, knew that they were from old. That's Mm -hmm. all I, you know, so I went immediately to ask my mom and dad about them and be like, tell me everything you know about the Beatles. Like, why didn't you guys, why didn't you guys tell me there was such this great band out there? And he probably played me like, I want to hold your hand or something, you know, one of those. Because for a while, I was just obsessed with the early stuff. Yeah. You know what it was? He had the, the blue tape. Like, you yep, guys yep. know the greatest hits from this decade and that. The blue tape, the red tape, yeah. The first five years and the last five years, yeah. Well, I thought that blue tape was everything. And um was like, man, these guys, these guys were amazing. And just annoyed my parents about them. Like, tell me everything there is to know about the Beatles. And my dad was like, oh, yeah, you know, I saw them at the, uh, the garden in uh, 64. And I'm like, <laughs> okay. And he was like, yeah, yeah, it was cool. Yeah. Um, but I remember my mom saying, I like, you know, <laughs> I like the, the early stuff. I like before they had facial hair, you know, I like the sweet, <laughs> the sweet stuff before they got into drugs. And I was like, you know, even at seven, I was like, OK, well, I know she's not cool. So I got to hear that facial hair stuff. <laughs> Give me the facial hair. So yeah, leading into the song choice tonight, I remember... We were going on a road trip, um, as we did every Memorial Day. We went down to New Jersey to visit cousins, and we went to Strawberries. And my dad was like, "You can buy one tape for the road trip to play on the Walkman, so you shut up in the back seat." <laughs> um, and I went, you know, I had just gotten into the Beatles, so I ran right over to the to the section where they were, and was like, and I was "Found like, a mustache." Ooh. Yeah, no. Well, first I saw, I was like, "Ooh," I was even frugal back then, I go, ooh, this is two tapes connected. It's like a twofer when you, you know, pull the gummy out that has another gummy connected to it. I I go, I run over and I'm like, I want this one. And it was the White Album, obviously. It was two tapes. My dad's like, nah, 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 it cost twice as much. I said one. <laughs> so I went back and was like, okay, well, ooh, this one's colorful. They look like they're having a good time on this cover. So I went with Sgt. Pepper and uh, the rest was history. I mean, that melted my little seven-year-old mind i on that road trip listened to it on repeat and you know the old uh yellow walkmans had the the automatic flip when it would get to the end of side a it just automatically started playing side b so i would just let it roll man and uh (laughs) smoke a doob in the way back (laughs) (laughs) but um do you ever think like would your life have been any different if you had got the white album at that time like could it just uh, change everything for you the butterfly effect of you getting the white album yes yes short answer totally i'd be like a hedge fund manager or something i don't know (laughs) but (laughs) (laughs) but um but no, I, I've I've enjoyed the Beatles journey over my life. The fact that, you know, uh, first of all, I'm the biggest fan of this podcast and just listening to... Oh, go on. <laughs> no, 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 right, go, go on. on. Yeah. Go on. 
um, just listening. Has, this is also you know, a super good time because we haven't said it yet, but that Colin, uh, he gave us my preferred but alternate um, Blotto Beatles logo. The logo art, the, the oh fully Blotto logo. Not. That's yeah. right. Yeah, the That's fully right. Blotto, when, really embracing the Blotterness of the the help profile Beatles. Yes, um, when I found out. If you follow out, the podcast, you've probably seen that on the socials, and uh, Colin's responsible for that. So thank you. Thank that, you. That's, yes. that's, that was awesome. I really A pleasure. That was awesome. When I first saw that, I was like, this is amazing. Absolutely incredible, yeah. You would think I could have at least gotten a koozie for the effort, but no. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Did I not leave you any koozies? I didn't leave you any koozies. No, but you did leave me a delicious 12-pack of Devil's Purse Handline Kolsch. Oh, the official beer of Blotto Beetles? Is it? It's amazing. (laughs) It's very tasty, drinkable beer. No, uh, I am the the biggest fan of the show. I haven't missed a minute, but um, I don't remember why I brought that up. Uh, <laughs> the stroke. I mean, this is a good moment for us to. You know, we're we're a podcast about the Beatles, but we're also a podcast about having a couple of drinks, and so I think it's probably a good moment just to to run it down real quick and uh, kind of see what it works. Oh my god! We say that word a lot. Sloppy. I know that. Joan Jett was in the Runaways. We can get that. <laughs> I, I did know that. I just didn't want to. <laughs> so was Lita, Lita Ford was in the Runaways? Mm. Oh, man. I did not know that. Is that true? I'm not positive. Well, she was a badass bitch. Yeah. Is that okay to say? Anybody seen um, Ooh, Bad Trip? I think she'd be all right with it. Hmm? Anybody watch Bad Trip yet? Yes. Oh, my, my God. My bad bitch. <laughs> <laughs> this is my bad bitch. <laughs> Eric Andre is out of his damn mind. <laughs> uh, Lita Ford was good. in the uh, runaway. Yeah, I know. Nice. I know my shit. Okay, well, I, then yeah. I did learn something. <laughs> Safe space. So Safe we're space. gonna we're gonna run down. Uh, so yeah, Scotty, see what's um, what's in your cups tonight? I have some slain Irish whiskey on ice. Oh, paydays I've next had, week. Yeah, I've had a few. <laughs> yeah, not to mention I will bring this up. Um, my local closest. Packy has, you know, all the boozes and it has Jameson and Slane, but Jameson only sells these like, um, combo packs of Jameson in a box with Gosling uh, fucking yeah. right. ginger beer huh? to make, to make like, yeah. a to make like, dark a, and uh, yeah. And, and so, I mean, unless I buy the big Jameson, which is like, I mean, come on, really, I mean. I can't afford that shit. Um, right. So, I mean, occasionally I will splurge. You're not an upper manager. Yeah, I'll occasionally yeah. splurge, but so I always pick the slain now. It's almost like every week or uh, not you every week. You know what? Week. I had a little slain uh, a, a bit back on, on your recommendation over St. Patrick's Day. And I got to say, smooth drink, man. It's a great like, drink. Man. No, no. Sl- I, miss I don't know why slain whiskey is not getting at us as the official whiskey <laughs> of Blotto Beetles is what they I'm saying. Even, like, they can't even throw out. us a like out there, you know? So. Oh, really? God. But anyways, well, so nothing. yeah, I wish Jameson would just sell a fucking bottle on its own. And not with the fucking ginger beer, because who needs that shit? Well, I think it's where you live, and it's like everyone going to their yacht, and they're like, oh, we drink Dark and Stormy's on our yacht. But isn't Dark and Stormy rum? Yeah, maybe I I got it. 
<laughs> I don't, we are also experts at drinking. <laughs> is that a, uh, I don't know what like a Jameson. I don't know what you do with the Jameson and Gosling. Is. Tommy. Yeah, yeah, you throw it it's out. It's like uh, excess <laughs> excess inventory. You're right. That is a Tommy. Is a did you drink. say rum? Or did I you said say rum, 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 oh, okay, that was full on monster? You were close. Uh, Tommy, what are you uh, what are you sipping tonight? So, guys, as I said, the I popped the the windows off the Jeep. It felt warm. And listen, we're episode twenty five. We are one episode from episode twenty six, which means one year of Blotto Beetles. I don't know if you wow. guys know this. We are approaching. We are on the road to a year of, of Blotto. My um, doctor has wa- pointed that out on my chart. Our wives <laughs> know this. <laughs> Problem areas. I don't yeah. know if we, we have recognized it. And I do know that when we first started Blotto, like full on like lockdown pandemic at, at its worst, um, I was doing a lot of margaritas. And as yeah. the weather warmed up today and uh, I, I thought about, you know, recording an episode with you guys, it felt like the right time to dip back into Margarita Town. Um, Margarita Very different than Margarita It's called Margarita Ville. This is my trademarks. This is TM. You should write a song. You're opening a whole chain of restaurants. I've been telling you, this is not a good thing to invest in. I told you, like, it's already well trodden territory. The bird no thing, one wants to go yeah. to Margarita Town, yeah, the, you know? like There's no birds. Yeah. <laughs> Let me take you down to Margarita Town. Like yeah. no one is interested. It's you know? a better theme. I told you. <laughs> yeah. oh. So wasting <laughs> away again in old Margarita yeah. Town. Yeah. <laughs> Blew out a flip flop or whatever. Fuck. <laughs> a whole no, restaurant. We wear, around we wear love Crocs in Margarita Town. <laughs> <laughs> we wear Crocs in Margarita Town. All right. First of all. 21st we're, century. We're ashamed of our we're ashamed of our toes. Yeah. <laughs> we're not men with confidence in our toes. <laughs> but I think an entire bar themed oh, around shit. lovely Rita is really going to not go that far. It's like the Rainforest yeah. Cafe, you know. It's, it's, <laughs> <laughs> a lot right. of so in Margarita Town tonight, I am drinking the Cazadores tequila, which Scotty, I don't know if you remember, um, Scotty and I, with our good friend Paul, we took our families down to Mexico a few years ago. Um, We had a great time. And in the evening, we would sip some Cazadores tequila. And I found it recently. It's a lovely, easy tequila. And I'm having some margs there. Of course, I got the Devil's Purse. I also have Becker, under your recommendation, the Lil Sip. Oh, uh, yeah. The the Lawson's Beer on deck. So um, I'm excited for that. I will say. um, That is a great one. Cazadores. I don't remember yeah. it from that trip because I don't remember a lot, but <laughs> I remember that was the one that sent Becker for the first apology, maybe, or like the first, like... No, that was the Casamigos. Oh, my bad. Oh, yeah. That was the that bastard George Clooney's uh, is, yeah. fire water. <laughs> my bad. We'll cut that shit. Cause Clooney, Wait, do we have Clooney beef? Is no. there Clooney beef? I'm with you guys. Whatever. Fuck yeah, George if he would only respond. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If he would back this fucking cast. He poisoned <laughs> me. Tweeting. He poisoned me one night and refuses to recognize. Uh, I tonight am breaking my rules because um, last weekend was Easter and my mom asked me to make a brunch cocktail for our Easter brunch and I made uh, mojitos and so I was left with this this rum this uh, all this mint. 
<laughs> exactly. I bought too much mint. I bought too much limes. And so I was like, oh, tonight I'm going to drink. Um, it's a white rum. I don't really know anything about rum. It's a Plantation's uh, three stars. And so I mixed up a, a big batch of mojitos that I've been um, slowly sipping on. And uh, mostly as a rule, though, I have said I don't drink rum. Like, I think everyone should have like an alcohol that they don't drink. And now at this point, I, yeah. I, I don't have any of this. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I, I don't I don't know what I stand for, but um, it is also mentioned in my one of my actually favorite Bob Dylan tunes in in Sarah, the Bob Dylan tune yeah. off of Desire, yeah. which I think is actually yeah. one of like the best love songs in the world so for, for all it's worth. Oh, but yeah. he talks about drinking white rum in, in Portugal. And um, I kind of feel that when I was pouring this this drink tonight. And then I uh, on the back of that, I have a couple of beers on deck. Of course, I have the uh, Devil's Purse. Uh, always had the Devil's Purse, uh, Handline Kolsch. But I have the Catnap, which is an IPA out of Vale Brewing uh, down in Richmond, Virginia. I think I was drinking them a couple of episodes ago, um, which is a fantastic double IPA that I am going to crack in, in just a couple of moments. Beautiful. So we got we got one more person on the line. Uh, Colin, what, what do you got in the cups this evening? <clears throat> Dudes, um, I as I said, I have the delicious... Devil's Purse Handline Kolsch that you guys were nice enough to um, give to me just for being a guest. Um, I also have a couple Night Owls because I've, you know, we were supposed to record a little while ago, so I dipped into the Handline Kolsches. Um, I have uh, <laughs> a couple of Fireball Nips for the Magical Mystery Word, but those are already gone. You're running low, huh? Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> so now I'm is, on to the... Is, uh, hold on, hold on. Did, did you just hit the Magical Mystery Word? What was it? You just said running low. Oh, oh shit. No, I think I said ran out. No? <laughs> Did you say you were, you were rumming low? On yeah, oh, I man. don't know what I said, and that's the point. Well, now. I just don't like. I don't I'm, like when the audience catches us. So. I'm taking a yeah, right? Oh, this is I'm the taking point a slug where I'm taking a sip of. Focus. Of this Game of Thrones. House Targaryen, Cardew Gold Reserve, Single Malt, Scotch Whiskey, because why not? It was, uh, it was there. House Targaryen. Mm. I'm sorry, I missed that. Uh, Yeah, don't drink any Say it pairs beautifully with Fireball. Don't drink any other house. This is getting tricky, guys. We haven't even started the song. Getting tricky. (laughs) It's tricky. Tricky, 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 tricky. Um, I mean... If you're busy, Scotty, we can get another producer tonight. You know, like <laughs> I thought you were here to do this for us, but oh. I can call Mike Leander. I think he's around. He offered. Well, you know, fucking call him, dude. We can get someone to arrange. <laughs> I think he's been dead. The for strings of the right. call my bluff. <laughs> <laughs> the third, yeah. <laughs> Um, oh, Scott, Colin. that was that was your chance to storm off. Oh, okay, yeah. fine. <laughs> Fuck you guys. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, I should have done that. I should. Yeah, that should time. be my. You should be my producer. Live and learn, Scott. Live yeah. and That'd learn. be the best if Colin was my producer, and he was like my earpiece <laughs> telling me what yeah. to do. Yeah, <laughs> Scott, yeah. Take, throw them down. Yeah, throw your head. Throw and then you're down. in our <laughs> earpiece telling us to tell Colin what to do. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's how podcasting works. Yeah. That's it. Oh, we just it's figured it out. It's of cast. So, Cole, before we get to um, the, the pick of the episode, what, what's going on, man? Like, why this pod? Why are you here? Like, Sure. What are we doing? Sure. What's well, going on? First, firstly, I want to say what an honor it is. 
well, to be asked to clearly. join. Yeah. <laughs> to, to, I mean, um, like I said, I'm your super fan. I'm the biggest fan of this product. <laughs> um, it's an honor, truly, to be asked to join y'all in the virtual Abbey Road. Um, I am the biggest fan of this podcast. I never miss a minute. Uh, can't wait for every other Thursday. Um, you guys are two of my best friends in the world, and Becker. And, um, <laughs> um, Becker, wait, is this a roast? Did you guys prepare a roast? <laughs> <laughs> Becker, I have now known. I thought about it for twenty years. And I still don't know what his first name is. I honestly don't. <laughs> He's saved in my phone as Becker Becker with like five R's. I'm not even, I'm not joking. Um, but Tommy and I have been best buds from birth. And Scotty C and I were part of the bigger high school crew of friends. And then roommates for a year or so back in uh, 02, back in them days. Um, mm. And I, I feel lucky that our uh, tight Falmouth crew has stayed friends and grown over the years. So I just want to shout out to all our friends because uh, absolutely, man, this is for y'all. We are very lucky. I, I totally yeah. agree. And yeah, it's a rare thing. I think it, it, it it's is really great. It really is. Yeah. Uh, all right, we're Blotted Beetles. We've had some drinks, but really, we're here to talk about the music. And exclusively yep. the music. Um, Let's talk so, about one song. One song, and one song only, because that's what we do every week. Uh, we come together. Scotty, see, what's this week's track all about? I'm so excited about this episode. I have been for a very long time. I've Colin sent me this pick a while ago. I mean, I felt a like... A year it was, ago. Yeah, yeah, it was like almost a year ago, probably. And... As Colin mentioned, he, him and I lived together in the great city of Waltham for a year or so, and Moody Street it really was, you know, looking back, you think, I think, I mean, I think so fucking fondly of those, of those times, him and I, we came, we just made the decision to move together, and I, I feel like I barely knew him at the time, and, and it was, you know, here we go. Neither of us have jobs or money, and we're yeah. like we're like raking lawns in Waltham and like painting shit, and we're like we're like we're like half-assing everything we can do just to fucking make it, and and you know, we 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 finally find jobs and stuff. But I I think back in those times, as some of the best home experiences at at that at that point in life, like it felt like a really good home. Like I knew I knew where I was going, and I knew. When I went back, like we had a really comfortable and beautiful relationship. Like, you know, we we liked similar things, and and we 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 would we would walk down and 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 grab some food at the at the the local you know corner shop, and we'd shoot a couple hoops, and then we'd come back and we'd watch some stupid television, and we we just had a I think we really had a really good relationship, and I I miss. I miss the fact that I I didn't realize how cool it was at the time, I guess. And I, I don't want to over talk about that. But anyways. Yeah, we, we felt like grownups because we, we clearly weren't. And yeah. now looking back, obviously, we were fucking kids. We were <laughs> yeah. like 22. Yeah. Like it was it was bachelor pad or whatever. And yeah, we got yelled at by our upstairs neighbors oh for God. playing 
playing Nerf hoop too hard. Yeah, yeah and smoking, and, yeah, and everything. Smoking bongs yeah. in the living room and just bothering everyone. But we we were free. It was yeah. a good time. It was good. Mm-hmm. You're you're a really cool cool person to to know at no that doubt. time, and it was very influential to me. Very 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 influential to me. In the end, um, but anyways, we're talking about the song that Colin picked. She's leaving home off of Sergeant Pepper's. And what happened was Paul wrote a song and I believe that John had some, you know, some, some good collaboration on this one, but I mean, we're going to definitely call this a Paul song. There's no doubt about it. And, um, this is an orchestration song. There's no, you know, Ringo playing drums. There's no George ripping a solo. There's no bass line walking you up and down the, up and down the block in Waltham or anywhere. And, um, <laughs> and it's just this like orchestra and Paul had done this before, but this is, this is a really, really great one, especially when you're talking about Sergeant Pepper, like this is a great song on this album. And it's apparently about this woman. Um, I believe her name is Melanie Co. If I'm saying mm-hmm. that properly. Um, and, and, and she, um, she left home unexpectedly or out of the blue, we'll say. Um, she was a leave away. A leave away. Thank you. Yeah, that's a, that's a proper term. A leave away. And, <laughs> and I think they read it in the paper and uh, inspired them to write a tune about it. And, and Paul's great at taking these things that happen and, and, and working it into a song. And John's obviously great at and bringing his part to it. And I don't believe that this this Melanie knew it was about her until years later, but she had a sort of brief connection with the Beatles, met them or did something with them or went to one of their shows or hung out at a at a hotel room or a bar. And and years later, she found out that it was about her and, and, and that it was rather accurate, actually. And maybe that was coincidence. But um, I love how the song has this like sort of narrator way about it but it's still a beautiful tune and it also has this sort of point of view part where the parents are speaking and um um I know that Becker also brought up the fact that George Martin was not available right at Paul's whim to score this for the orchestra and he ended up getting in touch with the Mike Leander I I'm not sure I'm saying that right either but um through um through a couple connections, he got in touch with another composer type guy um, or score dude, and he he wrote it. Anyways, they ended up going into the studio afterwards, and I believe Martin was there for that, and he kind of had to edit it a little bit and make it right. Um, and Paul was super was was super involved and very particular with the musicians that were there, the the, the violin players and the viola and cello and all these stringed instrument musicians session musicians and he was very involved in making this song be just what he wanted it to be which is something that i love it's not just um you know let them lay their shit down and i'll do my awesome vocal it was like the full song mattered to him and that was always the case and then one of my favorite things is that that paul and john are singing on this song and a lot of times they sing together in, in Beatles music and it's 
just this thing that's magic. That their two voices together are just another. I think Jonathan from Ranking the Beatles said that he was like, it's like another person. It's like another creation when they the two sing together. But this is like the Paul sings, John sings, and the contrast. And I guess they were in like a dim lit studio, and they're doing it to one microphone. And it was just this like vibe and this totally cool thing that I, I just romanticizing in my head, uh, leading up to this episode, talking to talk about it with you guys. Um, there's also a couple of little quick things I want to say. There was two mixes. There's always a mono and stereo mix back in the day. And one mix was, was sped up to make it sound more natural. And, and the other one wasn't because the stereo mixes were not really thought of as something worth spending time on. And so they never sped that one up. And, um, but that happens to be the one I believe that probably most people listen to at this point. Um, so that's really interesting. And there's a lot to unpack about this song because there's so much story and cool studio stuff and just like, uh, you know, Beatles stuff where it's, it might not be a rock and roll song. And this is a totally different thing and it's totally different vibe. And I'm, I'm glad we're doing it with Colin. And I'm, I want to play this song so we can listen to it in our headphones and really get into it and then talk about it before we hit another magical mystery word. Heff yeah. Can can we ask before we listen to it, though? Like, Carl, what, oh, we what was that, it that yeah. brought you to this tune? I, I'm not exactly sure what made me pick it when... You know, when Scotty C hit me up and said, we want you as a guest on the podcast, what song would you want to do? I was just like, you know what? It's one that stood out to me for some strange reason. Like I said, Sergeant Peppers was huge to me as a little, little kid. Like I just, I wore that tape yeah, out. That was cool I know every minute of it. And it's not even my favorite song on that album, let alone favorite Beatles song. It's just... One that has evoked so much emotion. It makes me cry almost every time I hear it. And I've listened to covers of it and they don't, it doesn't happen. I'm like, nah, it doesn't hit me the same way. Something about the way they made this song. And I think the reason I picked it was because I'm baffled by this. Why do I love this song so much? I, I My favorite thing is a beat. I'm a Beastie Boys fan. I want yeah. something I can bob my head to or something to dance to Rock and this out, isn't yeah. that it's not it there's not even drums like you said Ringo and George were like you know smoking cigarettes when they recorded <laughs> this it was like why are we even here it's it's so un Beatles it's so un rock and roll it's not something that I feel like I should love and yet it it has a special place it's in not, my heart like it's it it, it no matter what, every time I hear it, it evokes the same motion and brings me right back to when I was a kid. Like, wow, this this song just moves me it's every moving. time. Yeah, and it's not even psychedelic. How did they do it? It's not even. How did they do it? Yeah, it's that's amazing. Um, it's that's actually kind of an odd man out on on Sergeant Pepper's in a way, and I, I want to talk about that for. And let's let's dig into why in a minute. But I I would say before we do that, let's all put on our headphones uh those in the studio and those outside of the studio right now you you probably want to hit pause let's all throw on she's leaving home in whatever way you listen to music and then we'll come back together in a couple stepping outside she is free she's 
Son of a bitch, like that listen right there actually changed a couple. I wrote a couple of notes down and changed a couple of things that, like, I was about to sort of like maybe shit take on a it for. <laughs> Not even shit on like, <laughs> it. It it just it made me like it made me pivot and uh, turn turn my notes around. I think a little bit. But um, yeah. when did we uh, when did we last talk about Sergeant Peppers as a podcast? We did um, fixing a hole. That was the only song we did, right? Uh, so so that just was, another Paul tune, yeah, right? Just yeah, that was another Paul ago, tune, I guess, you know. <laughs> and I think that's interesting. Like, I, 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 when I'm when I'm thinking about this song, like, this is the best version of this type of Paul song in my mind, right? Like, and, and I don't know if fixing a hole necessarily it fits into like this type of tune, but. Like for no one, we talked about and fool on the hill, and then things you know that we haven't talked about. Maybe like an Eleanor Rigby or something. Like you like this, this better than Eleanor, Rig- Eleanor Rigby? You're starting. Off yeah, I do. I do. I do. I, I think that this hits the the authenticity thing better. Like I I really believe this more than I do Eleanor Rigby. What I think about as an album point is like, um, right. I think that Sergeant Peppers as a concept album is sort of very shaky, right? Like what is the concept? Oh here? yeah. Right. But this tune on its own blows the concept completely out. Like there's no like, Oh, this little band suddenly went into playing. She's leaving home. Like, that's what I think is kind of funny about this as a, as a Paul contribution. Like most of these tunes, you could be like, Oh, this kind of fits. Okay. You could say this is like the, this production or something, but this one drops the through line like completely, you know, because we were saying in the upfront, yeah. this is like a Paul vocal tune. The fact that no one plays music on it or anything like that, like blows the concept out for me. And so um, I don't ultimately know where that stands. I think Sergeant Peppers is an amazing record in the canon of Beatles. I'm not even trying to retreat on that. I think it just pokes a ton of holes into like, what is Sergeant Peppers except for the fact that like I don't think like at the at the end of the day I don't think Sergeant Peppers is a concept record right like I it, sure and we we put that on it now like how 50 years later whatever well they it told is. us that and, it's no but I don't know that they did right they they told us that it was it was almost <sighs> like yeah. to, to a degree they told us it was a different <sighs> band playing a, a Beatles record and like now now we try and make it into a story or whatever but it's basically a, a group of guys being like we don't feel like going on the road anymore and how, how do we make that work sure. right mm-hmm. well and we make it work by bringing in a harpist oh that's right. Always. <laughs> oh, here we it go. Sounds... Here we go. <laughs> I thought I thought uh, Harp was going. I, I thought Harp was going to be the magical mystery word. I thought for sure no, no, Harp no. was going to be it. No, I mean, this song. I agree with you, Becker. Like it, if it's a. I'm not even fighting against this song. No, I'm just. No, no. Ta- I'm talking about Sergeant Pepper. No, I know, know. I'm saying like I agree with you in the in the realm of the Sergeant Pepper sort of vibe of the song you know of the of the songs that are on that record this one shows up and it's 
you know, lyrically or whatever, quite different. But um, on its own, I I freaking love the the Paul vocal and then the John vocal, like those two mixing together yeah, mm-hmm. separately. And like I said, I, they've sung together many times in a great way. But the way that I, it's just something about what they do together, and 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 you know when John says those little lines, it's like a little bit more oh drawn God. back, and it's like yeah. it's like a commentary. It's like, but they didn't know, you know, like or they lived all, you know, like. And then yeah. I, I, I mean, it's it's incredible to me. Yeah, it's a it's a true story song, which I always I, I love a story song. You know that you can really like find like a through point all the way through. This is here, and the John vocal. And that's what you said in the upfront. You're like, oh, this is a Paul song, and we're calling this a Paul song, and absolutely it is. But the John vocal here is so amazing, and I really think it sells. You know, without the John vocal here, like we might be ripping this song apart. Like, I don't know that we would be intro in the exactly, exactly the same way. Yeah. I don't know. We'd be ripping it apart. I, I, I think, I think we, would be. we would, I think be we would call it, it. I think we would call it schmaltzy. Let's go. Colin, Colin what do you think? Well, like I said, the reason that I picked this song to discuss was because I don't know why I love it so much. Like harp. <laughs> Are you kidding? Like, yeah. I don't give a shit about <laughs> violins and cellos, but something, something about it. And like Scotty was alluding to, it starts out, you know, like when I was a kid listening, just trying to figure out what it was all about. It's clearly about a leave away girl, a teenager who <laughs> leaves away from home. <laughs> um, and at first you feel you feel really bad for the parents listening to the story. You're like, oh, he's poor, you know. And in fact, it's one, it's one line in particular that gets me every time that I literally, as a child, was like, it broke me. And I'm like, what is happening? I can't, I'm just listening to, and then the next song, I'm cheery and happy. But this one, the line is, um, you know, from father snores as his wife gets into her dressing gown, picks up the letter that's lying there, standing alone at the top of the stairs, she breaks down and cries to her husband, Daddy, our baby's gone. And I'm like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Yeah. I, could yeah. barely read, I could barely read the lyrics getting through it. But then at the end of the song, you realize, like, well, maybe, maybe the, it's, you know, that was just there. We gave her everything money could buy. But it's not about what yeah. money can buy. It's about love, yeah. man. It's about love and support. And so well, when the you know I think the wife the wife calling her husband daddy our baby's gone like I think that is like a very telling one in my mind. Um, I was just saying that by the end of the song you're like oh maybe she maybe she should have left like yeah the very and only no dude only encompassed in that line that people shit on which is fun is the one thing that money can't buy they already yeah. told us years before that money can't buy you love i know yeah i had that in my notes. but fun fun is the one thing that and like she wasn't having fun man you were smothering her and like you said when that girl i think you hit the nail on the head uh, on this idea of like we feel so awful for the parents and 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 this idea of like we are so drawn into this story yeah you're like this poor family this poor family like the, the this girl just left and whatever and then we are all like 
oh, oh, wait, like, why did she leave a little bit? Like, what was going on that, that forced her to leave? Like, and, and that smothering thing is Jane has got so a heavy. gun. <laughs> is it? No, I don't think it was one but of those. I, I think that comes back to like the idea of Sergeant Pepper as a whole and where this song sits, I, I think is really interesting. Um, you know, right before it, and oh boy, I got to look at my notes to see what's right. I will say that mother has talk. the word mother in it. Oh, that is. <laughs> I don't know if that's well mind blowing to anyone else, but it is to wow. me. Yeah. yeah. No, you just blew my brain open. <laughs> you right? right before this song is uh, She's Leaving Home. I'm sorry, is uh, Fixing a Home. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. Thank you. So, uh, Smother and Mother is um, actually a, a super valid point that we should keep in mind. And the, and the Smothers the, Brothers. Uh, the, the Mothers Brothers. <laughs> <laughs> That's the early uh, early Frank Zappa band. <laughs> yeah, the Smothers of Invention. <laughs> All right. So uh, I I think it's fascinating where this song sits in 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 the record. In right before this is fixing a hole, which we've already talked about, right? Like that that is an ode to marijuana. We we've talked about that. Right after the song is being for the benefit of Mr. Kite. Which, which is definitely an ode to marijuana. Feels, <laughs> feels like a drunk song as well. It feels like a drunk song, right? And then you look at this thing in between, which feels like the it, it, it is definitely the story song about a child leaving home and you're feeling bad for the parents and, and all of this. There's all this emotion to it. But this is like, in my mind, this is a call out to the counterculture. In a way, like the, the, yeah. this girl is leaving the tradition right. of her household to, to find something new. And that is in sync. Like, while you might think it is totally disparate from whatever Mr. Kite is saying and from whatever Fixing a Hole is saying, like, it's really kind of in sync with, like, some line of we're talking to the cu- counterculture and... I think what we're saying about Sergeant Pepper being like a weak concept is true, but that's a through line yeah, that, in that, the whole record. That's very fair. It is this sort of, uh, for London, like a pre-hippie vibe, right? Like we, we infer that she's sort of taking off to the, the city and is going to establish her new life and, you know, like a, a swinging 60s type vibe. So, Yeah, yeah um, baby. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's well, your George Martin impression? Uh, I was Austin Powers. <laughs> so, yeah. uh, George, oh, awesome. <laughs> George Martin of New England there mentioned um, Melanie Coe, who the song is written about. And it's another yeah. Beatles song where they glance at a newspaper and, and read a headline and write a f- amazing song yeah, right? somehow. Yeah. Um, but well, Dylan did it too, right? Like that's yeah. That's like, I think that's where they were like, oh, we can just do that. Oh, okay, and they did, <laughs> and it worked, which is insane. Because have you ever tried looking at a headline of a newspaper and writing a song? It's it's a pandemic. Well, yeah. I'm, I'm always I'm always writing about the Dow. Dow. <laughs> yeah. I'd be I'd be writing a whole lot of songs about cranberry bugs right now. <laughs> Why? What's going on with the box? <laughs> yeah, everything yeah, cool. Well, I will say, you got, you got, in, you got in, mud skippers Oh, Cape Cod, and those yeah, mud yeah. skippers. Like, it never yeah. ends. One, mm. that, that's, that's verse two. Don't, don't <laughs> second verse. Don't ruin it. One thing about the secret. I think, uh, I think in the Melanie Co. Wait, article. Scotty C. I, no, no, no. I, I, just briefly on Tommy's thing, 
I will say the sequencing, uh, real briefly, in my own personal world, this is one of those songs where being for the benefit of Mr. Kite is like immediate right behind it. Like there's no other song that can come after this song. Yeah. And and I know that happens to other songs too, but this is one for sure where it's like, you can't play this song in in a shuffle. It has to come in the album. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. I'm my my cheeks yeah, are yeah. wet and I need something to take me out of that. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, oh my god, it's too real. It's too real. Oh good, oh good, a circus, a weird circus song about a guy named Mr. Kite. Oh, the sequence, the sequencing <laughs> of right. this album is essential. Yeah, you know, like it, it really is. You know, like to to mix up two songs between each other would. Yeah, when when Brian Wilson first heard this, he was like, "Nice sequencing." <laughs> Is that what he said? Because I thought it, I thought it made him go crazy and stay in his bedroom for thirty years. I don't think that wasn't at the front of my mind. <laughs> Good sequencing. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, Looks like you guys were having fun up there. <laughs> Drop the phone. Uh, let me. I'm gonna. I'll never be able to sequence yeah. like that. <laughs> <laughs> I think that that point is 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 actually really amazing. I didn't think about it at the start of this, but I do look to being for the benefit for Mr. Kite to resolve she's leaving home. Like the sentiment that she's leaving home leaves you on goes yeah. into being for the benefit of Mr. Kite. Like that 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 is an interesting point about Sergeant Peppers and call it a concept record or not. And and I'm not even really making a strong argument. Like I brought it up at the top of the the show to. to to mention it and say, oh, the weak premise and all of that. But I think if anything, uh, the concept of how they came out and presented Sergeant Peppers and the packaging and, and the, the Billy Shears and, and all of these things, like if it did anything, it legitimized um, the rock album as art. And I think mm-hmm. that has, has changed everything yeah. ever since. Right. And I think that's what Sergeant Pepper ultimately gets checked for. I think that people sort of toss off that, oh, it's this concept record and it's this or that, but it's, it's the first mainstream art album, yeah. you know, like, mm-hmm. and like a fully packaged and mm-hmm. realized piece. That's, yeah. that's what I think it should get credit for the, because it is well, the, I, the idea of a concept record is this, this word that keeps being like concept record. This is like a journey. Yeah. It's like a story. It's a, it's a thing to walk through or listen through. I, I guess journey might be the best, the best word. You don't, you wouldn't want to jog or through it, but, um, but i mean journey might be the best word where you're you're being set into these different scenes and they flow from one to the other and it's just like it is psychedelic and it is sort of abstract and it all connects but it's not just a, a a simple a simple um a simple story or whatever it's 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 complicated it's artistic it's it's like I'm taking you from here to here, but you're gonna get it all, and it's all gonna work. And that's really hard to do in in an artistic way, and and to grab so many people. Yeah, I mean, as a seven year old listening to this in the way way back of the you know Buick family truckster, <laughs> like the Griswolds, I can say <laughs> that I didn't get concepts. I didn't understand what any of it was. I didn't, you know, I wasn't doing drugs yet, but the Lucy in the sky with diamonds <laughs> had an effect on me. Yeah. And 
every song. Do you want to be on the record of when you started doing drugs for the sake of this podcast? Uh, At the normal time that everybody gets into drugs. (laughs) (laughs) I was normal. (laughs) Normal. I'm a totally normal boy. (laughs) But like, that's proof of your point is that even as a little kid listening to this in the headphones, like if someone interrupted me while I'm in the middle of the, you know, the, the, the dream sequence of, of, and I know I didn't pick the song, but day in the life where, ah, where it's falling into that John yeah. part after, or before yeah, there's yeah. a couple times that they do it. If someone like tapped me on the shoulder while it was while I was listening to it, I'd have to start the whole song over. I'm like, oh, you fucked it up. Yeah, yeah. I was right in my groove. Uh, yeah. You know, something about yeah. and even though it got panned by critics, adults <laughs> who didn't know what they were talking about, it touched <laughs> me on a, a level I still to this day don't understand. Yeah. I think that's, for me, uh, I never had it on cassette, so I didn't have that piece of it, but I had Sgt. Pepper's on vinyl, and then I had it personally, like when I got really into it, I had it on CD. Oh. And I skipped this track for a long, long time. I really did. Like, this came in, and I, I was like, yeah. oh, like I groaned a little bit, like right. it didn't uh, didn't touch me as sort of a, a, a younger kid. And then later I got way, the way you're talking about now, I got uh, uh, way more sappier about it, you know, and, and probably, you know, the intro you guys gave or, or, or Scotty that you gave about you guys moving away and, and living together and thinking about that freedom that you have um, the first time that you leave home. Um, I think once oh, I man, had a I little bit more about of a, that connection, I didn't even, I think yeah. I had a little bit more of that feeling where you think about this, this woman, um, who just wants to get out from under the thumb of her parents, you know, Freedom. and they're like, Oh, we gave you everything and, and, and what have you. But then you sort of have everything that money could buy freedom. And I remember moving yeah. in with my friends that first time in, in, in a shitty apartment in Alston. And like, it was the most amazing vibe period. Like it didn't matter. We didn't have money to buy anything, you know? Um, but it was so much fun to just be with your friends, like unadulterated and no one could tell you, tell you anything you know um so i think that's the vibe that i started feeling from this too yeah i think if i had if i had first had this album on on cd like you said i i would have skipped this song every time as soon as you hear the harp i would have just gone boop but the fact that i was listening to it on tape i was like "Eh, get through it and it turned into a song that you know has Impactful. meant something yeah. to me over my life, yeah. and you did you did humble brag a little bit about the Sony Sport Walkman, which yeah, is the kids in the yellow one. With yeah, a couple yeah, more bucks got bucks. to buy the Sony yeah. Sport Walkman. Well, you know? well my mom, my that. mom, my mom was like, "We don't have money for the Sony Sport my, Walkman." The my yellow parents, one, you know? my parents gave me everything money could buy, but money <laughs> can't buy fun. <laughs> I did. I know you asked the other guys. I did leave away at a very young age. But then by like eight or nine, you realize like, well, where would I go? Yeah. Like, I, don't want, <laughs> I don't want to be cold. Yeah. I got all my He-Mans and stuff yeah, here. You, you had a basketball hoop and a Nintendo yeah. in the yeah. basement. Yeah. From what where I am I going? <laughs> I can. It was pretty <laughs> yeah. cool. So the fact that this girl left means it really must have been <laughs> yeah. oppressive. I can. Well, it's funny. I, I think in think... the article, the uh, the Melanie Co., the article, 
Um, I think the parents literally be like, and she left behind her furs. Like, right. I think they really oh say that. Right yes. Where you're like, yeah, that's and it. that's when you're oh, like, oh, of course, it. they had no idea. These parents and her, uh, you know, yeah, Aston yeah. Martin or whatever we bought her. Like, yeah, yeah she doesn't give a shit about any of that <laughs> yeah. stuff. Yeah, good on her. And she left behind her necklace that said, I bougie. <laughs> <laughs> How could she leave? <laughs> But I think like the the more you think about the song, like the the more and, and this is the best part about this song is that you feel for both sides. Like I yeah. feel for for her, yeah. for the unnamed her in the tune, and I feel for the parents yeah. in yeah. this tune. In that in the fact that in whatever regard it is, they are trying their hardest. Right. Did they, you feel they, for the parents before you were a parent? Um, yeah, I probably felt for the parents before I felt for her. Right. To be honest. Because that's the way the song goes. Yeah. You, you feel know, for like, them first, like, your heart breaks for them. And then, then uh, yeah, because mm. the, the narration comes from their, their perspective. Yeah. And, and only as I got older, do you realize like, oh, like, well, why did she leave? Mm-hmm. You know, what, what was, and you realize like maybe how collapsing it felt to her to, to live under these rules. Oh my God, like what a brilliant Paul song at the end of the day, like that it's making us investigate like there's a, a a reality to this tune that we we know it's based upon, but we all investigate the fiction of it to be like, what made them do this? That is the best novel in the world, right? That makes you do that. Like, why did the people do what they did? Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. And-, and the best small world thing in the world is that yeah. this he he wrote a song about a newspaper article that he read and then it turns out oh actually i met this girl 4 yeah. years ago and shook her hand on some stupid oh, game yeah. show holy yeah, shit yeah, right? that's what's crazy that's yeah, that's, yeah. Uh, they she won some so lip sync contest he writes a song not realizing it's about the the little girl he shook a hand and with. She, and she like, hears the song not knowing it takes, it's about her yeah not knowing it's about her for, for years, 10 years right <laughs> But awesome. here's the thing. I, I oh still believe God doesn't exist. So, you know, <laughs> I'm holding, I'm holding yeah. on to that. <laughs> Regardless. Um, have you looked at the sunset, though? <laughs> we pray for you. <laughs> but have you really looked at it? <laughs> you said it earlier. And I really, actually, I think this is a very John thing in this tune. I think that the um, the fun is the one thing that money can't buy. I think that that is Paul being... I'm sorry. I think that's John being a little jokey in this tune. I don't. I don't know what you guys yeah. think about that, but like, I think that he is poking fun at, at this song a little bit, or even like at this premise, maybe, because like, we all know that like, fun is what you can buy with money, right? Like that. That is exactly what money is. Is <laughs> oh yeah, for. money would definitely buy me a lot of fun right now. Yeah, <laughs> right. Like, it can't buy you love. We. I believe in that. You know, and it, it can't fix all of your problems, but you can probably have a good bit of of fun. And so I actually think that that's like a little John tongue and cheeky on this one. Uh, but that's do you think that I always substituted the, the fun for love. Right. Like, but he doesn't um, say it, right. Like that's he very he, they say fun. I mean, I, you know, yeah, but it, he but had all the room to say love like um, it's getting better. And John added the "it couldn't get much worse." If couldn't he, get much yeah. worse. if he, uh, that's the best part of that song, right? right. 
<laughs> but if he if he added the other flip of the coin to this song as well, then it's like God, another perfect collaboration. What That's if exactly Paul it. hadn't gone to John like, at all and had written the song by himself? You'd be like, oh, those poor parents. And you'd never get the girl's yeah. perspective at the end in the last verse right. or whatever. That's a, Who knows? Exactly. Like, I'm saying John still came in and John was like, I want to be part of this. And yeah. But still left like his his imprint in here. You know, Not I to mention the credit, dope you know? harmony. I think there's a world here where I've been getting a bunch of grief for being anti-George Martin. And oh, I, I was going to go. I, this is exactly <laughs> where I was about to go. Nice. <laughs> and I don't. I don't, I don't want to feel that way at all. You know, like he is sort of the, yeah, easy. you just love this song where he had nothing to do with it. No, that's what you're about to say. I, <laughs> I am saying that, um, Scotty brought it up in the upfront that, um, Paul called, called George Martin, um, and was like, listen, I've got the song. It's hot to trot and I need you to, uh, score it. Come on, daddy. I need you, you know, let, let. <laughs> <laughs> daddy come score it daddy that's what i'm hearing but go ahead continue yeah and uh <laughs> that's also what i'm hearing spit tape. and so paul paul calls george in your uh, headphones george martin and george is like uh i can't paul you know i'm sorry i can do it tomorrow but i can't do it uh today i'm i'm, I'm producing another session for uh Scylla black and paul goes off and has no patience and gets this right. this arrangement done with Mike Leander um and uh George does it and and puts it together and makes a few modifications but essentially it's it's not George's arrangement that's the first time that happened for the Beatles but later in George's book he says that um this is one of the greatest hurts of his life that this happened that Paul had done this to him and actually I really I really feel for George Martin in this in this moment. Oh, look at you. I believe that he had done a lot for the Beatles to get them here. And the fact that oh, Paul is like, you're not available so to me George. this second. <laughs> Backstabber. And Paul goes and finds someone else. Like, that's that is pretty rough at this uh, point. You know? You're so sympathetic to George Martin. <laughs> How dare you? How yeah, dare I, you? And this song so succinctly wraps up, and I think that's hard, right? Like, you want to believe, like, the cats in the cradle thing that that maybe someone reconciles at some point, but here, but, like, this wraps up on uh, she's leaving home, bye-bye. Like, the bye-bye is so, like, succinct of, like, well, do they ever get together yeah. again? Does she does she get to come over for brunch? Like, it's, like, it's so, like... Very true. Yeah. No like, yeah, like, they never yeah. reconcile, you know? Like, you don't find that, like, your 65-year-old mom gets cool again or something. It's just super or, somber you know, in so. the end. You're right. It's very, yeah, very... Exactly. Very it never, yeah, exactly. It's so It sad. doesn't reconcile that way, where well, I think I we all probably all had some like, sort of, like... Uh, you know, I had to battle it out with my parents to come back around to the relationship I have now. And, and um, you don't get that feeling from this song, right? It doesn't, it doesn't result. No, I mean, I'm sad for these parents at the end of the day, like as ignorant as they are yeah, in, in the scheme of the song and whatever story we know, like I'm sad for them because they don't know. Like yeah. at the end of the day, they, they don't know, they don't understand. And like, how do you teach someone who just doesn't get it? They're just, they're not dumb and they're not mean. They're just ignorant. Yeah. And you want to be the right? best you can be 
And if you just don't yep, know, and you it. just don't have that, like that, that does just—it's just sad for the listener, right? Yeah. She's just a kid who wants to have some fun. Yeah. Yeah. She was gone no. for in in real life. <laughs> Melanie Co was gone for ten days before they <laughs> heard from her. Or so as a parent, All right. those ten days are horrifying. <laughs> oh my god! Right. But as a teenager, those right. ten days uh, ten days are. A snap of the finger. Freedom, if you, if you, yeah, exactly. If you feel like you're not allowed to have fun, right. or if you're oppressed and you you think you're a grown up at, at that point, but you're still you're still someone's kid and they're worried about you. Yeah, right. All right, guys. I I think we have talked a lot about this tune, right? And yeah. we should probably get down to it and and let's. Let's yeah. rank it. Let's we, put we, it in the list. Yeah. Let's put it in the canonical yeah. list. Here, there, and everywhere. And so we will We will start here. And what I will say is we have a list. This is episode 25. We have a list of 24 songs. I'm going to run you through the highlights. And my friends, I'm going to show on your screen right now the highlights. And that that starts with number one, happiness is a warm gun. Not better and than that. And then we go to... Okay. Number okay. five, uh, we, we go to Because from Abbey Road. Number 10, we have For No One from Revolver. Number 15, we have All My Lovin' from With The Beatles. Number 20, we have Don't Bother Me, Don't Bother Me from With The Beatles as well. And then a, 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 new, uh, a, a new bottom hit here, We've Lost A Taste Of Honey. And so we've got uh, at the bottom, at number 24 currently, I'm happy just to dance with you. Guys, I'm going to throw an opening bid. I think this is the best Paul song, personally. Wow. And so what I'm going to say is currently, and not only is this the best Paul song, I'm going to put this above one of our favorite tunes. Long, long, long. <laughs> How do we feel about that? Wow. Oh, man. Between so, long, long, long and I'm so tired. You're jumping because, and yep. you're jumping long, long, long when you say it's the best yep. part, too. That's my bid, and that's where I stand right now. Jeez. I don't know, because... because that's pretty is, high for yeah. a tune that that they don't play a... That is awesome. A guitar on. Yeah, but they don't on because. Well, where do you oh, guys they stand? Do a little bit on because, I guess. Yeah, you you've wanted me to take a stand, <laughs> a couple episodes, you know, and this is my stand. I think that this is better than long, long, long. You think it is? It you're, is not you're... quite as good as I'm so Damn. tired. Do you think you think this is a Paul song is better than for no one? Yep. Okay. I th- I thought I was a hundred percent with you, but then I remembered that I think you guys your list is completely fuckwad anyway. <laughs> <laughs> as soon as you didn't put in my life above happiness as a warm gun, I was like, I Oh mean, my god, I get out get, of here. Get nope, this guy. Nope, I'm out staying of here. right here. I'm staying right here. I, I love happiness. Right <laughs> I love happiness you... as a warm gun, but in my life is a better wow. song. All right. Well, what's your opinion on the song? On the one picked? that we're talking <laughs> yeah, about? Yeah, all we have is to work with. Um, yeah. yeah um, it is not as good as in my life. It's. I mean, the fact that I picked it isn't um, 
equated to how I feel about it in the in the whole catalog. I, I, there's so many other Beatles songs that I like more. I'm not sure that uh, She's Leaving Home is in my top 50 if I thought about it overall out of all of them. But Wow. I'm going to say that because it's an abstract piece of art that I love and that She's Leaving Home yep. is a wonderful piece of art that anyone could appreciate. And I just can't put it above that because I appreciate abstract art more. All right. Okay. So you're putting you're putting it between Fool on the Hill and Beatles. Yeah, that's just me. I agree. Just, yeah. Let's lock it in. Back up. I agree. Right. That's where I think it belongs. I I would vote for between Long 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 and I'm So Tired. Personally, I just want to know on the Colin, record. Colin, yeah. you have any opinion? I, I would I would actually agree <laughs> with that best friend that's weird but uh (laughs) but as i said i would be happy if this song was anywhere in the top 20 because i get it it's not a great beatles song it's violins (laughs) and paul and john singing falsetto i get it it's not that awesome it doesn't rock me but it rocks me in my soul i love this song i just i I, yeah this is the way i feel about it i i'm i'm I picked well, it because it's, it's a funny a thing to be, that we're arguing about right now to such an extent because it's like we're also saying that right now this puts it in like the top ten Beatles top five regardless of where it's right. like, yeah. you know like yeah. it's still but a no. funny thing that we like still spend time like it I think will, this it will like, rock it weirdly down. I think weirdly I think these discussions get easier the more songs we get right? I sure hope so but this is the hardest one we've done <laughs> this is <laughs> the hardest one we've no, done no it'll yeah. get harder trust me <laughs> yeah. So are we saying between Fool on the Hill and Because? Is that I'm saying that agreement? I need Scott. That's to way high. Did. That's awesome. I did it. That's what you verified. That's where it? I'm putting it. Colin Colin says it too. So uh, I would go a couple slots higher. And I know we okay. heard. <laughs> <laughs> no, as I said, I'm that's totally higher. comfortable that's with it. That's way higher than I would expect it, but that's awesome. Tommy. Tell the people what we're about when we're not podcasting. Hey, y'all, that was another episode of Blotto Beatles, and we finished it, and (laughs) there was a little argument tonight, and hopefully there's a next episode of Blotto Beatles (laughs) after this one, but... (laughs) Uh, from between now and then you, you can also find us uh, on all your favorite socials, usually at Blotto Beatles, um... But if you don't know where those socials are, you can find us at BottleBeatles.com. You can drunk dial us. You can also uh, just leave us messages, and we love them, and we we, we want more of them. And more and more than anything, um, tell a friend about this podcast. If you are listening and you enjoy it, you know, you can give those five-star ratings, and you can give those reviews, and we we really, really appreciate them, but... What we know is that uh, telling a friend that this is a weird and fun podcast is the the best thing. Um, this podcast was, as always, uh, composed and, and magically assembled by your executive producer and mine, uh, Scotty C. And there's some uh, hopeful additional mu- musical supervision by our friend Ryan Brooks. And you can fi- find him at... Uh, at Rhino Brooks, and his name is RB, and that B stands for Beatles. Oh my goodness! Um, a lot's going on. 
And, you know, please remember, I mean, this show is, is performed, performed by professionals. Oh you know, I, please, Yeah, it, that's what know, I was saying. It's performed by it, professionals. That's big muscles. Going. Take it easy. You know, uh, we're not close. driving anywhere and you you shouldn't be driving anywhere. Um, or unless you're yeah, driving right now. I mean, maybe it's maybe it's early Tuesday morning. You're on your way to work. I mean, <laughs> I'm not going to tell you not to go to work. <laughs> well, unless you've been drinking. <laughs> yeah, you probably should go to work. You know? home, yeah. <laughs> but why are you listening to us hey, to tell Colin. you that? You know? Yeah, Colin, you've been our guest tonight, man. Yeah. How, how are you doing? And is there, is there a spot where people could, if they enjoyed what you, what you brought tonight, it, where could they find you? Oh, they couldn't, and that's by design. I have nothing... <laughs> <laughs> I have nothing to promote nothing. or plug. Um, don't follow me on Instagram because I don't give a shit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I just want to, you know, say uh, much love to my family, the Driscolls, the Sheehans, the Buckleys, the Carlins, the Winters. Big up to all of them. Uh, I hope you're listening. Love you guys. Colin's an amazing artist. That's probably the best, and and you know what? Considering the 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 tune you brought to us tonight, that is probably the uh, the, the best possible answer. No matter where these fools ranked oh, it, boy. am I right? <laughs> so that 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 is what we got for you. That was episode twenty five. Next episode means one year of Bottle Beetles. We've been doing this every other week, my friends, for one year. Episode twenty six is fifty two weeks of Bottle Beetles. So uh, we're we're gonna bring it hard, and we are talking about some extra special uh, additions, maybe a, we a are? little chaser to that. Oh yeah, 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 a little chaser <laughs> in, in addition. And before we get to that point, the only thing I have to say, and I don't know what you guys have to say, it's peace and love, peace, peace and, and love, and peace love. and love. Wednesday